Hey there, guys. Welcome to Movies After Work. This is a special episode. Um, this is Thomas, and we are talking about this weekend's DC Fandome. I think I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know. It's like Terminator... Uh, it, it, is. it is. It is Fandome. Okay. It's like Terminator Genesis. I, I look at it and go, <laughs> I know what you want me to say, but I'm not sure if that's actually what I'm supposed to say. I just I've been pronouncing it Genesis. <laughs> I've been going with Jenny Smith. Oh, there we go. That's the winner. That I can live with that one quite nicely. Um, yes, and guys, as we have many times before, and I'm sure many times will again, uh, just to kind of give little respites between my rambling and ranting, I have once again brought in the amazingly talented Andy and Mike from Geek Salad. Hey, hey. I am neither one of those things, but I appreciate it anyway. <laughs> you know what? The sentiment was there, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm learning this whole, like, complimenting people thing. I keep watching <laughs> workplace shows, and I'm there's always one episode where they say you should really compliment the people around you, so I'm trying to aim for that as much as possible now. Ah, okay. Ah. Well done. Well done. <laughs> um, and so you guys are good. You guys spent some fun... Uh, some fun times this weekend, watching stuff, reading stuff, staring at your screens and amazement, horror, and confusion. Oh, my, my, my Twitter feed this weekend was just, <laughs> holy hell. And there's going to be stuff that we're going to get into much later. But suffice to say, there's a lot of man babies um, still ro- running around <laughs> the internet. And the, the weird thing is, is that like, Twitter is my safe space versus <laughs> Facebook because I would rather deal with horrible and toxic movie fans than I ever want to do with toxic political and social people yes. on my Facebook feed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, thank, thank God. Facebook doesn't, I mean, sorry, Twitter does not do memes. Yeah. It, it helps in a in a big way. That is true. It does. <laughs> um, but not to say that it wasn't a rancid hellscape this weekend, but we'll get into that. Yes. Oh, we, we most certainly will. Um, now, just real quick, before we, we dive into the crux of everything, I always like to pretend that the, uh, that the tens of five people that are listening to this show <laughs> don't already know you guys, watch you, listen to you, enjoy your content. So why don't you tell them a little bit about what you guys do? All right. Well, we are Geek Salad. We are the Internet's longest-running nerd podcast. I have zero evidence to back that up, but <laughs> it actually – you know what? The, the more I say it, the more likely it actually is true. Mm. We, we are – kind of all over the place when it comes to topics. We talk about movies. We talk about music. We talk about TV. We talk about video games. We have an upcoming episode where all of the functional alcoholics in the group are going to get stone-ass drunk and discuss the history of recorded um, recording media. Well, poor Mike produces because <laughs> I am going to be in no, no state... Yeah, and I don't, do like, I don't I don't enjoy alcohol nearly as much as my uh, co-host here. Oh yes, no, no, exactly. I've got a, I've got a bottle of Sexton whiskey that's just waiting to, waiting for me to make it famous, 
And the beauty is the very next day I have to go to my niece's baptism. So, <laughs> but yes, in our in our tribute, actually, now it's just become a tribute to um, the newly departed drunk history. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was some unfortunate news that Comedy Central tried to slip under the rug this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely like you know what you know when you talk about like big news cycles, if you really want a really shitty story to drop and have it go under the uh, under the radar, you always drop it on Friday or over the weekend. Yep. Because by Monday it'll be forgotten. I actually when you when you brought that up to me, Tom, about um, Comedy Central going to all animation. I had no idea what you were talking about, and then I looked it up, and I'm like, "Oh, Wait, what? yeah, Comedy Central is going all animated. They uh, canceled Drunk History. Tom told me they canceled Tosh. Um, that means another period's not coming back. So they wow they didn't they didn't just cancel Tosh either. They canceled it." By breaking a four-year extension that they had just signed with it. Ooh. So they literally had just signed on for four more years of the show and then changed their mind and basically cashed out of the contract and canceled the show. Ugh. Which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, no, that is incredibly shitty. Well, that's... I'm very curious to see what's going to happen there because... The Daily Show is that is as much a staple of Comedy Central as South Park. Yeah. So canceling that would look very bad for them. Um. And also, Daily Show has pretty much been you universally agreed upon to be the one show that has been able to function at full power during COVID. Even more yes. so. Like, even more so than all the late night talk shows that. Yeah, that's going to be really weird, too. I I mean, the interesting thing with The Daily Show also is that it's their crown jewel. Yeah. You know, taking South Park out, South Park is like their animated crown jewel. But, um, yeah, no, that's going to be... It would also be weird, also, if it's all animation, except for this half hour, Monday through Thursday, with Trevor Noah. Yeah, Trevor Noah just randomly pops up and confuses people. Either that, or they bring John Stewart back, but now he's in cartoon form. <laughs> cartoon Daily Show may may work, may not work. Who knows? Hey, who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah. So that I mean, so that's a nice little appetizer of, of sadness and disappointment before we dive into the DC fandom. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna work our way up to some of the big ticket items that I know people really were losing their heads about focusing on things of that nature. Yep. Um, but uh, wanted to start us off with what I what I basically just kind of viewed as the uh, the the food at the wall section where we got. The announcement of a new Static Shock animated series, and I forget if it was animated or live-action movie. Uh, we are introducing uh, Hawkman and, like, three or four other characters in the Black Adam movie. 
And the Flash movie, along with Michael Keaton's Batman, is apparently going to have Ben Affleck's Batman. So, so DC essentially at this point has just got a bunch of food, is throwing it at the wall, and is seeing what's going to stick. It's it's the what's going to stick principle of we're going to throw nostalgia, we're going to throw new stuff, we're going to throw stuff we're not fully confident with... We're just going to throw everything at the wall and see if any of it lands. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's kind of indicative of how I feel like DC has done there. In this case, really, it's WB, but it's the DC wing of WB. That's how they end up doing their stuff. There is, there is no plan. They say this is going to happen and eventually it might happen. I mean, what is what is the flash on now? It's third or fourth director? I it's it's on I can't remember what number we're on at this point, but they've got the I can never pronounce his last name, but the director of the It movies. Oh, okay. Um, but now they're trying to claim that he's been in the works as the director for longer than any of us knew. Which is, is that kind Rick of Rick Famuyiwa, is it? Hmm. Is it Rick Famuyiwa? No, the Andy. Oh, Andy Muschietti. Yeah, that's the that's how you oh, say okay. it. Um, so they've got him, and they're say, they're saying that he's been in the works for a long time. But I'm saying they're going for that to be true. You literally would have had to have been cheating on one or two of the previous directors. So nice try. Right. Um, right, and I, I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that this has been, this has been their great failure is being able to launch, is to be able to launch the Flash. Uh, they couldn't get it done with uh, Miller, and uh, well, I can't remember the other guy's name, Mike. What? Well, uh, the, who? Who was originally slated to direct the the Flash? It was Lord Miller. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Then of course it was Lord Miller. Then it was Rick from you. Uh, then I think there was someone else, and then now I guess it's Andy Muschietti, so... Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it may or may not have Ezra Miller in it, because he may or may not have choked somebody on camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind of lucked out. People... He's lucked out in two things. One, most people are forgotten. Two, most people look at him and say, yeah, if he's near a beautiful girl, he's gonna try to strangle her. Um... <laughs> I, I still go back to my wife and I leaving um, that, uh, what was the name of the Amy Schumer movie? With Trainwreck. Trainwreck. We yeah. left that movie and literally we both went, that movie was great, it was so funny, Bill Hader was fantastic, but did you think that she was going to get raped by the kid from the office when she took him home? Yeah, <laughs> I legitimately thought from the way he was behaving we were about to get that, honey. I'm so glad it's not just me. <laughs> and then, like, a week later, they announced him as Flash, and I went, oh. oh. Yeah. Um, well, the clearly what... In, in their whole bragging that this is going to open up a multiverse, that's basically them explaining to us why this movie has failed to get off the ground. Because when... It was all just going to be, you know, Zack Snyder's stuff and Batman v Superman hadn't come out yet. You know, you could just make a Flash movie. You can make it be whatever you needed it to be. And then yeah. Batman v Superman tanked. 
So now we need to use this movie as a chance to maybe correct a couple things. And then we think that we've lost Zack Snyder, so we need to adapt to this new version of Justice League. And then we find out we're getting Zack Snyder back, and we're going to need to go full, like, Days of Future Past, make a movie that only exists to eliminate what we didn't like. Um, So we've... This movie has existed in the realm of the Flash movie's been about whatever is needed corrected due to unpopularity in the DC films. Yeah. Yeah. It it has nothing to do with the Flash. Nobody gives a shit about an actual Flash movie. No. It's the core... This is the movie that is the great course correction. And for the last three years... It has been the great course correction. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as he, I heard you guys say that it was going to have both, uh, you know, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, I was like, yeah, okay, this is means that they're going to say, okay, uh, yeah, we're doing something new now, and all that stuff doesn't, doesn't count anymore. But it's, it, it's just their soft reboot. But here's my other question, though, about that, because I know Affleck is, is off of any of the DCEU stuff, primarily because... It it almost killed him. Yeah, it drove him into the so far into the bottle that unless it's just purely like a Suicide Squad level cameo, well, it just it. If you have him just play Bruce Wayne, they because I mean, if you just have like if he only shows up in the movie as Bruce Wayne, and that's it. Yeah. Then I'm sure it's not that because I. Because from what I've heard, yes, he health reasons is the, the reason why he didn't do his Batman movie and doesn't really have any interest in returning to it full scale. But, yeah, I can imagine that if you said, like, hey, can you do, like, two days where you're just Bruce Wayne? So you'll be, you know, we can dress you so that way you don't have to be in full Batman bod to, right. to be in the movie and... You're just playing Bruce Wayne. You're not doing the the Batman stuff, and you know you'll be there mainly probably for either exposition or just you know the the theme of the movie pontificating something of that nature. Uh, or, um, or this could be our big uh, like Princess and Infinite Earths moment. You know the death of Supergirl. This is gonna be the it could be the death of Batman, the death of that Batman anyway. So that they can lead off, lead into the Robert Pattinson Batman, and you know, and that way Ben Affleck's out. He's out clean. Maybe uh, they might be doing that. I mean, I don't remember if they confirmed this or not, but Michael Keaton's Batman being in the movie, I 110 percent believe is them testing the idea of a Michael Keaton as elderly Bruce Wayne for Batman doing Batman Beyond. Beyond. Yeah. Uh, which I know people have been clamoring for for a while. Oh, I'd but be clamoring for that one. I I have nothing against Batman Beyond. Um, I just don't really care if they do anything with it. It's it's not a property, you know, I, I really don't need a superhero franchise where I have to get through at least two movies of an elderly man telling a kid that he's being reckless and the kid shrugging it off <laughs> and being quippy. I don't need, like, two... You know, I don't need to spend, like, four and a half hours 
before I can get to the meat of the of what they're trying to provide. So I I just don't really I'm not driven by that all that much. Yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just such a huge fan of the show. It was so unique and so stylistic that I'm anything anything to further that I'm down for. Right. I, I honestly just think that they need a hard stop break from Batman for a while because it it just is this it's just like this drug that they need to take every time they feel like their cards are down. It's just fix it, just add more Batman to it. Uh, you do know what trailer is coming up that we're going to talk about later, right? I, yes, yes, I am. I'm well aware of that, and we will discuss that. And it's in all due time, Mike. Yes. All due. And- Time. <laughs> setting aside setting aside what's coming up, I would argue that it's not so much we need a break from Batman, it's we need a break from his origin story and from Joker. Oh my. Yes. yes, yes. We need a break from those two things. Amen. If you give me a Batman franchise where they come right out and say there are two, there are two things that will instantly sell a ticket from me for a Batman franchise right now. One is we're not going to use Joker until, you know, like at least three movies in. So you've earned yeah. him. So, so the audience has earned this character. So the character, so Batman has earned him. And two, I want to get a single, like not knowing if, I don't know if I've heard this from, from the most recent Batman movie that's coming out, but I want a single Batman movie that does not go, oh, we took our inspira- inspiration from Frank Miller. When I hear yeah. that, when I hear that, you've, you've lost me. At, like, well, the other, Burton has said it, Nolan said it. How Bruce Wayne's parents got killed, right? Hmm? Right? Yeah, that has to be included, right? I, I, I think there's a law somewhere. I literally, at this point, I think you could find somebody living in the Sahara Desert, hold out a bunch of pearls from Pearl Necklace, drop them on the ground, and they would still look at you and go, Martha! (laughs) I am am 100% convinced. Because even, like, I mean, even... um, Batman Arkham Knight at the at the very end if you like if you're getting the whole Nightfall Protocol epilogue cutscene even then they still with the family that's got that's getting mugged in the same style as the Waynes you still get the damn pearl necklace breaking and pearls falling everywhere like it like that that is literally as much of a staple of the fact that his parents are dead as the, as, as them actually being dead. As them actually being dead. Yes. As as yeah. the fact that as the fact that we you know he can lay on top of his parents crying over their dead bodies and not get a single drop of blood on him um, <laughs> in any version. Yeah. <laughs> Even the darkest version of Batman, he still will like fling himself over their lifeless corpse, get up, and be still ready to go back in and watch Act Two of the Opera. Um, well, there's another thing too that I heard. I actually read that today. Um, was that it's like there's always been 
this. It, you've always they've always just wanted to write a dark Batman, but if they took that energy and actually put it towards making an incredible mystery that only Batman could solve using yep. these detective skills that we have never seen him really use to any great extent in any of the 31 years worth of movies. Yeah. I mean, I think the closest thing that he's ever done as a detective was detecting that the, uh, the Joker Smilex was like split up. The components were split up into different products. Yeah. Well, I would argue that because we don't see that, on screen he basically at one point just hands an envelope and is like got it (laughs) and you like you can hear the staples that was easy um as (laughs) as it's handing over i would say actually the most we've seen of of batman as a detective in a film at this point is the scene where he is where he has all of the riddler's messages compiled (laughs) figuring out who he is and Batman forever. That that movie has given us the most detective of our detective character that we've ever gotten in a film. Right. How sad is that? And it's it is. It's very sad. And in the uh, Nolan movies, he wasn't even the detective. He had a mm-hmm. he had um uh, Fox for that. Lucius Fox. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the thing I can't stand about those movies is literally it's just like, hmm, how am I going to fix this? Lucius! <laughs> Do you have it in black? But he's voiced by Morgan Freeman, so... Right. Well, I mean, you see, Mr. Wayne, I do have it. I mean, I Morgan trust Freeman. Morgan Freeman to save my life far more than I would ever trust Christian Bale, but... Oh, God. Good for you! Good for fucking you! <laughs> Okay, so so that's I mean, <laughs> so that's the Flash. That that's the, the you know that's all the character stuff, and I mean we've given the Black Adam stuff about as much attention as it honestly deserves. It just oh my god, I have to tell you this today. I was um, having a chat with one of my coworkers about all the DC stuff, and he pops this thing into our chat box, and he's like, "Oh my god, The Rock is playing a uh, Black Adam." That's amazing. I'm like, I haven't seen the trailer yet. So I went back and I watched the trailer. And I'm like, he's narrating a trailer for a movie where not one frame of film has been shot. (laughs) Yep. This is like, he's been on this train for 10 years. We know eventually he will play Black Adam. Mm -hmm. But as we're saying with all this other stuff, DC is more of a what if and maybe we can make this happen than actually having an actual... MCU style plan where yeah. we go from point A to point B. That's that's phase one. Yeah, and I don't I don't even need it structured like Marvel. I just want a plan. Uh, yeah, I no, want a don't plan. An, and... Don't don't announce oh, things. Sorry. Don't announce things before you're actually ready to go with them. I mean, yeah. If all you have is some artwork, yeah, that's not a plan. Don't announce it until you're actually start ready to start filming and you have actually started filming. Then right. announce it. Yeah. Right. And the, and the one thing also, and this is just the one thing that I think does drive me nuts about DC, is that I think they think too highly of the people watching these movies. Because I, I really genuinely think that this group, 
of people that make all these creative decisions think that every person who has ever bought a movie ticket has read every title in every iteration of every DC comic ever and can understand a multiverse and can understand that, you know, we can actually have two separate Batman stories with two separate Batman at the same time. See, I, I think it's the opposite. I think the I think the people saying at DC and Warner Brothers are sitting there crossing their fingers, staring online, going, nobody's <laughs> nobody's talking about the comics, right? Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody's mentioned those, right? Oh, um, don't even get me started about the DC fandom silent funeral for the the uh, the actual print end of DC. <laughs> as far as I can tell, the DC comics are probably not going to be much around much longer. <sighs> Massive layoffs. So yeah, in like five years, they'll reboot everything again in a way that people still don't agree with. Um, I mean, from a comic standpoint, they just they need to stop rebooting to try to help people be caught up. Yeah, uh, they just need to they just need to stop pretending that that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but going from the the opposite of reading, video games. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sometimes you have to read those things. No, I agree. I always leave the subtitles on with the game I play, regardless of whether it sounds on or not. Um, yeah. But we got we got two big games. We got uh, Gotham Knights, which, for some reason, Robin has magical powers in it. <laughs> Robin has magical teleportation powers. Um, and invisibility powers, too. They really want you to think that it's connected to the Arkham franchise when it's not. Yeah, and it, it, and yeah. they're they you know the whole big warning from Bruce Wayne. I don't know what I don't know what the villains of Gotham are going to do once they find out that um, once the Batman's gone. Well, you're in luck because it looks like it's just Mister Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's it. So we're golden. Nice. No, in the court of owls. I saw it, this, and I'm like. I'm trying to picture with myself how I would have to describe Arkham Knight, you know, Gotham Knights rather, to anybody if I was giving them the elevator pitch about the game. Well, what is it? It's kind of like the Arkham series, except all you play as are a bunch of Robins. Yeah. No, it, it basically looked like uh, the Arkham games, but multiplayer. It's I, I think my my impression of it was immediately that somebody literally imagined the old like Reese's commercial and it was somebody with the Square Enix Avengers game and somebody with <laughs> Borderlands running into each other and their result was Gotham Knights. You got your Borderlands on my my Avengers. You got my <laughs> Avengers on my Borderlands. Hey. And I, I it mean, still cost sixty bucks and I feel ripped off. <laughs> I, I, it's not that the game looks bad, it's that, it's, I mean, it's from the people who did Batman Arkham Origins, which, love it or hate it, it, it added some fantastic game mechanics to the franchise, but they, they have yet to deliver in, they're, they're going with the doesn't it look pretty focus. Which yeah. I cannot stand. I cannot stand when you go. Doesn't our video game look so pretty? Ugh. That's the thing that kills me about most video game ads, though, is that okay? We're just going to show you a few of the better looking cutscenes, yeah, and leave out 
any gameplay. Yes. Well, and that's the thing is like this one is like they have the eight minute gameplay one, and I just watched it. Uh, literally right before we started recording, and me. <laughs> I watched it. I was like, okay, so it's got kind of the same mechanics. Um, there's clearly things like the enemy health bar for Mr. Freeze is clearly a work in progress because it's a weird little white line like a PS2 game. <laughs> like, I feel like Solid Snake's trying to, you know, take out one of his enemies with that. Um, well, it, Solid Snake or Robin, you know, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, either or. You know, it's interchangeable. They are one and the same, after all, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they can both turn invisible. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the... Uh, maybe he's just got, maybe he's actually just got a big old box. I was about to say, them. if somebody hides under a cardboard box in Gotham Knights, I will buy the, you know, $300 limited edition with a mini bust I don't have space for in my house. I will happily do that. Um, but yeah, so we had that, and then we had uh, Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, which just, like, there's no gameplay in it. Or there, there's no gameplay, it's just a cinematic. But it still, like, it still blew me away. Just in the fact of these are, because this is from the guys who brought us the Arkham Trilogy. Okay. Um, But instead, we're getting this game that's, like, it's in the, like, dead heat of the sun. There are vibrant colors. There is humor. There is energy. There is, like, so much to it. And, like, first, it has, for anyone who's played this game, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League has strong Sunset Overdrive vibes to me, which I'm absolutely okay with. Um, It has a lot of that. Uh, The character design for all the the four characters is fantastic, because you've got Harley Quinn, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, and Deadshot. And all their designs look fun, original, um, you know, some love to the comics, but they don't look like they're just trying to be carbon copies of the comics or trying to look too much like um, film versions. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, Mike, I know you said you hadn't watched it. Andy, did you watch the trailer? I watched a little bit of it. It was just kind of, I hate to say it was kind of on the background. What I saw looks good. It looked like Arkham. I'll be 100% honest with you. I'm not that much of, like, a a new game guy. So it's like every, I hate to say every video game commercial pretty much looks the same to me because it's just just the cinematics they're showing me. Yeah, no, and I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um... I for me I look I look at it the same way I look at a movie trailer. I want to get a feel of the story, of the characters, of what's at stake, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um and this, I mean, we go through this trailer and then we get to a point where our four characters they're running around with their own fighting styles um that are fantastic um and they don't feel like ripoffs of, of Batman. Uh, they feel like different, unique fighting styles 
that they're going to bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and again, with the caveat of remembering that this is cinematic. Um, but then at the very end of the trailer, we get uh, Superman shows up in a silhouette, having saved a helicopter pilot. Mm. Everyone gets really, you know, King Shark gets really excited, like, hey, Superman's here. Like, he's just cool. Clearly with a mindset of, like, cool, we're done, we're off. We get to, you know, we get to, we get to be done. Um, <laughs> Harley Quinn starts yelling at him. And they still don't know who their their assassination target is. Okay. Superman huh. is mind controlled by Brainiac. Ooh. And kills the helicopter pilot. That. So the trailer literally ends with Captain Boomerang, who got knocked to the ground by the helicopter explosion, asking if they've figured out who the target is yet. The other three pointing him about to drop the F-bomb, and it cutting to the title card. <laughs> and then it cuts it cuts back to, like, purple, menacing eye Superman, and all of a sudden, completely unfazing him, a boomerang hits, hits him in the side of the head. <laughs> so, you know, the, the reveal is awesome. The stakes that that sets up are pretty fantastic. Mm. Um, and it... it literally watching that trailer I just kept thinking like man this is what you know this is the kind of thought process you should have when you're making something like this um, yeah but what are you gonna do um but yeah so i'm i mean i'm cautiously optimistic as somebody who's never going to be able to afford the next x box or playstation console for <laughs> until like five years after it's out so this game will be in like the greatest hits bin by the time i can buy it but you know it's well, that's me. what you you buy the game now, and then you buy the system later. <laughs> but if I, but if I buy the game later, when I buy the system later, it's going to be like forty bucks cheaper. <laughs> yeah, unless unless they discontinue it. Well, unless I buy it on Nintendo, in which case it'll be five bucks cheaper used. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally it's the whole reason I don't do Nintendo anymore is because I got sick of spending fifty five dollars on used games. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, going from that into the the big heavy hitters of the weekend, starting with the Suicide Squad. Um, I watching watching the little behind the scenes thing was hilarious to me because it was literally just. It, I think that that every single person talking just got asked the same question. Which is, what's a cliche thing to hear in a behind-the-scenes thing for a movie <laughs> that you I can mean, think I, of off the top of your head? Because they cover every single one of them. I think it's so great, the fact that they're all praising the director of the movie that they're being filmed in. Yeah, it, it, it yes. was, you know, you never hear about people saying, wow, I wish we could have a better director than what we got. Oh, he's standing right over there. Oh, he can fire me. Oh, okay. Maybe I should say something nice. I mean, what do we expect to see? I mean, really. I mean, yeah. the, the few behind-the-scenes shots were cool, but it was nothing that I wasn't expecting to see from behind-the-scenes shot. I mean, right. The thing, the thing is, is that most of these characters, we don't know them. Or at least we don't know them well enough in terms of how they're going to be adapted to screen. For, like, you can show me, like, oh, this, you know, this act, you know, this actress is going to play Ratcatcher 2? That means nothing. Yeah. 
they I'm I'm glad that they've you know they've given her work, but it doesn't it, <laughs> there's no reason for me to get excited about that information. You know, you got Peter Capaldi in the movie. That's awesome. He is an amazing that, I, that he's an amazing actor. You got Pete Davidson in the movie. Was he in between relationships to keep himself relevant? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's not a drive to get me to go see your movie, but at least you got Capaldi. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know he was in that. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, being the big Doctor Who fan myself. Yeah. I, 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 I love Capaldi from uh, The Thick of It. Yeah. Uh, just fantastic show. Yes, I, yes, if, it is. If they could, if they can blend a little bit of that into the thinker, I'll be really happy. Um, just that, like relentless swearing and insulting, would just be fantastic to watch him do. Right, but I actually, and I, I kind of feel also with this being exact. Uh, God, what's wrong with me? James Gunn joints that he's going to allow them a lot more flexibility to actually have more fun with this one versus uh the f- i mean the first movie i've gone on record several times saying i think it's an odious piece of shit yes and the only reason why it's not my least favorite dceu movie is because bvs had so much to live up to and they failed on every single metric yeah the the dc movies so many of them are just looking at every opportunity that's on the table for them and then going and eating scraps off the floor. It's right. (laughs) Cause I like for me still, I, I sat in the theater watching suicide squad and all I could think the whole time is, can you imagine if you had Will Smith, Jai Courtney, Margot Robbie and, and all these other people they're wasting and inst- and gave them like the comedic craziness of like the Towley episode from South Park. Yeah, <laughs> the the Suicide Squad should literally not care. Like every single time Joel Kinnaman's about to start spouting exposition, instead of sitting there and politely listening to him, they should be sitting there going, "Yeah, we don't care. Who do we get to kill?" <laughs> they should be making like the jackoff motion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it literally, I wanted to see. You know, I don't want to see Harley Quinn going to try to defeat Enchantress because she suddenly has decided she wants to save the world. I want her to go and try to and decide that she's going to go kill Enchantress because Enchantress, you know, screwed up her haircut or yeah. burned her favorite her- jacket. Or something because she just stupid. can't stand that dancing that she does. Oh my god! Well, that's a superpower. Yes. And the other thing with this too, and this is what I'm kind of gathering from the movie because the trailer told you really nothing about the movie other than no. it's kind of like a Dirty Dozen style '70s escape flick. Yeah. Um, if they're if they're moving away from the general conceit of the first movie, which was if we ever have a Superman level threat. To this world, I've got a guy who can throw a boomerang real good, and a dude who's good with rope. Yep. I still, I still test that the other gigantic missed opportunity that that they had that they're not going to have with this one because the the window's not there, the planning isn't there. Is I would have loved if we never really explained why the Justice League couldn't help. 
at all during Suicide Squad. Right. And then at some point during their travels, they look over and see the Justice League fighting a newly brought back to life Superman. <laughs> from the moment in Justice League before that right. movie comes out. So you're sitting there looking at it like them going, what? <laughs> but also kind of getting hyped up for it. Instead of yeah. di- instead of literally, oh, I've got this stack of dossiers for all these superheroes. Yeah, I'm going to go with Boomerang Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a lot more faith in the Suicide Squad for a number of reasons. One... Um, I really feel like they're not going to make that same mistake where they're going to let the trailer company, at, you know, get final cut. Yeah. Well, I think, that was I think James Gunn is going to have far more control, as much as Warner Brothers will give him, which I think will still be more than what they gave David Ayer. But after, I just watched uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. or whatever, one of its 18 titles, yeah. last night. And... I felt so much more hopeful for the Suicide Squad after watching that movie because I genuinely enjoyed it. I wasn't even a big fan of Margot Robbie as, as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, Same. but they let her do something. They they kind of like let her off the leash, and she just did, she did a fantastic job, and she just she's a presence when she's on screen. So I'm I'm actually feeling way more hopeful now with. As somebody who has made two of my favorite Marvel movies and giving him this property, now I feel more hopeful about that. And plus, I think, you know, clearing out, I, Will Smith is a fine enough actor, but whenever you see him in a movie, you you only see Will Smith. I feel like Idris Elba can disappear a little more into, into a role, as is, I think the character's name is Bloodshot. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. I'm, but I'm, I'm 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 looking forward to I really am looking forward to uh to this one more so than I was initially before I watched Birds of Prey. I I need a I need a proper trailer before I can will my before I can risk getting hurt. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. But um, don't break my heart again. <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't have me looking at it outright going, "Oh, not a chance in hell." Yeah, um, I mean J- James Gunn's name alone gives me a little bit more confidence. Enough, yeah. enough that I'll actually go back into theater. Well, maybe well, depending in, on where we are. In, and in yeah. terms, in terms of control that he's going to have over this movie, he literally, whenever he gets into an argument with DC or Warner Brothers, all he has to do is look at them and go, "Hey, how much did the last one make?" <laughs> That's all he has to do, and they have yeah. to shut up and let him do what he's going to do. Well, so. you could just say. <laughs> Raccoon in Talking Tree. <laughs> exactly. I I made a Talking Tree popular. Shut up. Um, yeah. I feel like... I am, yeah. I am Crooch. Yeah. That's what I need to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he did say that a couple of times to them, because that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, but uh, moving, moving forward from that, we have the... Uh, becoming... Imp- incredibly divisive Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. I have one very important question that I need them to answer because it's all I will fixate on when I watch this movie. How long is the lasso? 
because the trailer has it at about 15 different lengths. <laughs> I need them to make a decision on that because that's going to bother me. Uh, I didn't even notice that. But the reason why I didn't notice it was primarily because I, I you think that they would have learned their lesson after the first Wonder Woman to not make Cheetah be on, on the same level of bad special effect as Ares. Yeah, and you made, you made a fantastic shots, point the other day. Yeah. This, like, we should not be discussing a trailer for this movie. We should be discussing this in a summer movie roundup, having seen it. So there's no excuse for any of the CGI we've seen in the trailers to not be the final visual effects for the movie. Exactly. This movie was supposed to be released a month ago. I mean, my son got a Happy Meal toy that was Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. And my wife was like, well, that's weird. I'm like, no, it's not actually weird because the movie was supposed to be out last month. I just, my biggest fear for this movie, and Mike Mike knows me well enough to know that I, I feel if a movie deliberately sets itself in the 80s, they are going to they are going to hit that 80s nostalgia button and just that 80s tropes button so fucking hard. I, I was actually, I was actually surprised that there are restraints that the, the, the only, like the only 80s reference I noticed was their parachute, parachute pants well, comments. Well, yes. Yeah. We, we seem to have taken Steve, who was a semi-developed character in the first movie. Not a fully developed. I'm not giving them that much credit. But a semi-developed <laughs> character in the first movie. And we've turned him into an idiot who's there for making bad jokes. <laughs> when, to me, like, I was, I watched this trailer the second time. And my immediate thought was, can you imagine if we were giving her, if him being around was more torturous for her? If it was causing, like, a PTSD sort of thing of mm. getting close to people. And maybe that's why she start. you know, maybe that makes her start being nasty and mean to Cheetah, which causes Cheetah to become Cheetah. Like, not parachute pants jokes and radar jokes and... Mm. Uh, yeah. My, 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 biggest, my biggest takeaway from the trailer is, I mean, it would... It was it was fine, but it's like, you know, this is this was my, you know, after Shazam, this was my second favorite movie of the DCEU, and I was hoping that the the trailer for the second you know, movie was gonna like just grab me and hook me. I'm like, it's fine. I, I feel I feel about this trailer the same way I honestly felt about the original Wonder Woman trailer. The original Wonder Woman trailer didn't sell me. It wasn't a hard sell. It wasn't mm. something where I'm like, "Oh, I've got to go opening opening night. We're all we're all there." I I felt it was good, and considering that the Justice League trailer I think came out the same day, and all we were doing was joking about the color correction that they did on it. Um, I just I, I I don't know. For I think that first of all, the first trailer, the, the first 1984 trailer, was a whole lot better than this one. I was more hyped for that one than I am for this one. Um, I'm getting a bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer vibe on it. Yeah. And, which, you know, 
I, I've said on this show that Guardians 2 is my favorite MCU movie, but I'm getting that vibe from it. And another thing somebody brought up, that the longer they wait, you know, and God willing, we'll just keep our fingers crossed, but the 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 Pedro Pascal character, whose name is escaping me right now, someone wants to look that up. Is that Maxwell Lord? Yes. Yeah, Maxwell Lord is he's just he's a stand in for Donald Trump. And the longer we wait for this movie to be released, I hope the relevancy will no longer be there. <laughs> but that's the thing is that the longer we wait for this. Now, let me ask you guys this. Do you think if this doesn't come out by the end of the year theatrically? Well, first of all, if it doesn't come out by, say, like Halloween, do you think they're just going to throw it out in theaters around Christmas time just to see if it gets any bites? And then after that, if it doesn't release after then, do you think it hits HBO Max as kind of like what Disney Plus is doing with Mulan, where it's an extra fee by tw- if you want to watch it? By 2021, if this movie has not released in theaters yet, I, I agree. It will go to HBO Max because they'll, at that point, they'll have lost more money than they can get back on it having to delay I, it and make I, new marketing stuff to keep it in the public eye. And I also, there's also this part of me too that, that firmly believes that nobody at WB actually has any faith. They, I, I'm still fairly certain they, they still look at Wonder Woman as just being a fluke hit because, you know, it's not, it's not the big two that did worse than Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like that's going to happen with this one where it's just going to it's, it's only going to go so far before they finally say, fuck it, we failed, and then just dump it on HBO Max. But again, at that fee, at like that $30 premium fee. Probably not $30, to be honest. I don't know what they'll do with it, but the, I'm, I yeah. agree. They're going to do something. Um, my, I, think the, I think the thing that's really hurting this movie at this point is the longer it comes out, and this is what, our third trailer for the movie? I think it's only the second. Yeah. I f- wow, it feels like the third trailer. Feels like we had one. I feel like we had one with almost no. Yeah, it's the third because we had the first one had like one shot of Kristen Wiig. Okay. The second one had the like her sitting talking to Wonder Woman before she's turned evil. Um, it had that sequence and maybe something else with Kristen Wiig in it, and then we had this one with her in full cosplay. And the thing is that we've been given so much time and now three trailers and we've gone from for me it's gone from oh that gold suit with the wings is kind of cool to why does she need that for just cheetah <laughs> she does not need that for just che- or do are we really giving her a new suit just for the sake of trying to draw in fans for the reference because that's gotta- what it feels like I gotta be honest, I never really liked the idea, the, like, the look of that weird eagle armor suit. I'm not thing. saying it looks good. It looks terrible. It looks yeah. like, it. I mean, it looks like she stole something of hot girls that barely, that that <laughs> fits her a little too tight. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not saying it looks good, but we've gotten to the point now where you've shown, you basically have established that Cheetah is Catwoman from Batman Returns. <laughs> Maxwell Lord is 
Max Shrek from Batman Returns, <laughs> but a politician, kind of like Penguin from Batman Returns. And for some reason, in our final battle, which I hope we have to go through the desert to get to, otherwise why the hell are we seeing stuff that takes place in the desert in these trailers? <laughs> um, for some reason, we need the gold suit. Which I would argue, she really doesn't. So, uh, I, they, they've, I, I was left intensely underwhelmed by the first Wonder Woman film, and so far, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is kind of sh- it, it's what it's telling me is that these are people that they like the concept of Wonder Woman but they don't really know what to do with her. I, I can see where you're coming from on there. I feel like when I, when I left Wonder Woman, I'd taken my daughter, and it was, it was an experience, and I was it, just incredibly proud that she was there watching it with me. Oh, yeah, I can but get that. The, more, the, the one thing, and I get a lot of shit for this, is that I always point out that it just falls on its ass in the third act the third act is it's just it's all over the place it's unfocused the special effects are terrible and there's just so much going on that you can't focus on anything and there's no decent resolution other than well we got to get rid of Ares somehow if it falls to shit in the finale there's no questioning that the more the longer that wonder woman 2017 is a standalone film it's got like this expiration date where the longer that is at standalone without any types of continuation of this story, and I'm not counting Justice League in that for very good reason. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's just it's just these sands coming out of the hourglass of how well this movie is going to hold up. Yep. Because by in another year or two, if '84 doesn't get released by then. All you're going to be left talking about is the no man's land scene. And that is it. And the thing for me is that I I cannot lie. One of my thoughts when watching 1917 was I finally can verbalize what I thought this sequence should have been. Mm. Because to me, it always felt underwhelming and like they didn't fully know what her powers were to be able to use them for wow factor for the getting across no man's land once she's over there physically fighting them she's good but the the part before um but i mean that's you know that's just me um i i trust me i i have told my wife on multiple occasions that our daughter will have um, some of these DC Supergirl Barbie dolls that they make of like Wonder Woman yeah. and, and Harley Quinn and Batgirl, she will have some of those. Uh, <laughs> she will be into superheroes. She already is. Really. Yeah. She loves Big Hero Six. But oh yeah, um, my my daughter's the same thing. She'll, but I, you know, Mike, I'm with you. That Wonder Woman's my second DC movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so. not. Sh- I'm not sure where it ranks, and I do have to finish 
watching some of them, so I, I don't want to uh, fully rank without finishing watching them all. Um, <laughs> That's a conversation. Maybe after all of these things eventually get released. Yes. <laughs> and we're done well, crying. <laughs> and we finished well, crying. Well, save it for after them. May of 2021, wink. <laughs> next, uh, next after that, we have The Batman. The uh, Batman. This is... This oh, I'm sorry. Is, the, the Vengeance. Yes, The Vengeance. Um, Cut! Yeah. The the Batman's slash sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. <laughs> like, uh, five people getting that joke, and I appreciate them so much for that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, after this weekend, I can honestly say it was the best-looking trailer out of all of them. I think I have to I, I have to scrutinize a little more by watching it a little more and then taking out the one and this is something that drives me nuts about a lot of movie trailers when they take a not even a contemporary hit they took that Nirvana song and yeah. they added strings to it and all of a sudden like your emotional responses to this trailer because of the choppy editing and all that it heightens your excitement for the movie and now I'm like I kind of want to watch this silent. And yeah. get that out of there and see if I can still get hyped for this movie without that. DC needs to be told that there is an official rule that needs to be stated for movie trailers, which is do not give us music in your trailer that we cannot expect to find in your movie. <laughs> because there's no way the music in the trailer is going to sync up with the music in that movie. I, I just, I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> I... Yeah, I mean, beyond the fact that, th yes, this was the best-looking trailer, and that's saying something because you could barely see it. Um, <laughs> it was it, a very dark trailer, that's true. Yeah, oh, my God, I had a really... Now, I also made the mistake, too, of watching this on my phone. So it wasn't like I was watching it on the TV. I was watching this on my phone. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> I did both. I did both, and I still had the issue. Um <laughs> I, uh, I yeah I, I watched it on my on my phone when it initially came out and then I watched it on the TV today to kind of prep for for the show and both times I'm sitting there going man I, I really wish I could fully see what was going on because this looks fantastic <laughs> um, I but it's you know it's got two red flags for me um, two big red flags for me one is I don't need them to try to sell me on the fighting. I don't need them to try to sell me on the action. I know it's going to be there. And, like, obviously, some of some Batman movies have had horrifically shot action. But I know there is going to be fighting. I want you to sell me on his detective skills. I want you to sell me <laughs> on that kind of stuff. I want you to show me that I'm going to see... A dark knight who actually legitimately needs a bat cave to do work, not just <laughs> to brood in. Um, the other big thing for me is why are there Joker goons in this trailer? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a fan of Crab and Beyond, maybe they were, maybe they were the Jokers. I, so I'm I'm going to jokingly decide that these Joker goons are the uh, the Nolan fans come to beat up Robert Pattinson. 
<laughs> that's that's been my joke answer is that it's a bunch of Nolanites that are just like they were literally just sitting in a corner going, I don't know, guys. Do you think the Prestige is his best film? I don't know. It might be Memento. I don't know. <laughs> I I just the, the thing with this movie, first of all, is that I'm, I'm on IMDb right now looking at this, and there are literally three villains. Yeah. Credited villains in this movie. I mean, you got Ed, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, and Paul Dano as the Riddler. And we know what happens when you get three villains in one Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what's going to go on because, like. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at this list as well, and it's funny because they have somebody in the trailer that point blank looks like uh, Syrian Hines, and so I'm, oh yeah. And then I'm looking at this cast list, and I'm going, no, because there there's John Turturro, which as Falcone is fantastic. I love that idea. Um, yeah. And then Peter Skarsgård, which I'm 98% sure that wasn't him, but maybe it was. Um, but, I mean, Peter Skarsgård's in the movie, so technically that's four villains um, for for a Batman movie. Which, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Um, and well, I, I mean, it, it has been done. Which Which one? Uh, well, I mean, Batman, Batman, Begins, Batman Begins, we had two villains, and it was used effectively. So, and well, at three, if you count, if you count um, Falcone. I would oh, say, yeah. I would say... Scarecrow, All right, yeah. I and, would, I mean, I don't think anybody seriously considers um, Two-Face to be the, an actual villain in no. The Dark Knight. But... I don't consider him to be two faced. Um, <laughs> fair enough. I, fair I, enough. I, I, I consider him dead from a staph infection before he even gets in the limo <laughs> with, or into the bar. Like, dude, how is your eye still hanging in there? What's up with that? I. But no, I I'd say the know, only it's just because the, it's. I I Go gotta, ahead, I gotta go correct ahead. myself. There has been one Batman movie that has had more than two villains. Setting aside, like, a, you know, evil douchebaggy character like a Max Shrek or a Falcone in Batman Begins or something like that, that has had major villains, more more than two of them, and been effective, and that's the 1960s Batman movie. I don't know, I don't know why I'm leaving that one out. They, they nailed it. Um, but they also didn't have to introduce and establish any of them. Yeah. True. True, and that's the thing with this movie, with with the Batman, is now you have to go back and you have to reestablish everything again. And I just i I think for me, I think the biggest thing, and I mentioned this earlier about we're kind of just like we're at peak Batman. We had to wait seven years in between um, Batman Begins and and Robin, so. I think we need a little longer than four years in between our Batman appearances, so we can just kind of forget him about forget about him a little bit, so we can welcome him back when he does eventually come back. 
Yeah, but then you then, then you run the, run the risk of some studio exec going. It's been four years. People might might not remember. Hey, go to the go to the props room and get me a pearl necklace. Let's do this. <laughs> you run I that risk. Say, <laughs> I will say out of out of all the trailers um, that I've seen from fandom, this was the one that most intrigued me because I, I I really didn't. I mean. I, I'd seen the images of uh, Robert Pattinson in the bat, in the bat suit, but I was like, okay, okay, whatever. This one, and I saw this, and I was like, okay, that's an that's an interesting way of going about it with the whole like a uh, the you know duct tape around the face, you lie and all that. I, I, okay, this is a this is definitely a much darker version of the Riddler that we've really ever seen before. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, and, that, and I, I'm down for that. I want yeah. that. Because I've always thought that the Riddler could be a really, really interesting villain, but most of the time he's just the Joker light, and yeah. turning him into like something like like this, almost like almost like an anarchist. That's a really, really interesting way. That's that's something I really I'm intrigued about. I I, I do I, I do on that on that note I do have to give a, a big shout out to the Harley Quinn animated series. Uh, for perfectly <laughs> defining the Riddler as the world's most indirect asshole, <laughs> which is really just the the best description I've ever heard of the Riddler in all my life. Nice. Um, I, I need to check that show out. I've heard really good things about that. that. Yeah, that show is fantastic. Um, I'll, that was the thing I really wanted was news about season three. And I didn't get, and I was annoyed by. But yeah. uh, the show as a whole is phenomenal. Everyone's got a great working sense of humor uh, to what they're doing. And it takes the whole concept of let's be realistic and goes, yeah, fine, let's be fucking realistic. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? You think Commissioner Gordon is sober all the time? No. No, he fucking isn't. <laughs> uh, it, it has a lot of fun just, just taking that sort of quite frankly, snobbish post-Batman Begins Dark Knight attitude towards superhero yeah. stuff that DC and Warner Brothers and and the fan base have, have kind of latched onto and just going, yeah, guess what? Um, we're going to do it and be fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, I, and you know what? I, I imagine, because again, I haven't watched any of it, I imagine it's being kind of like an R-rated Teen Titans Go. Hmm. Kind of, I guess. Um, it's kind of along that lo- those lines. Um, it's it's really not like much else that's existed. Funnily enough, I'd say the thing that it's closest to is some of the like MTV Spider-Man stuff, where oh, they tried to be really? like, where they tried to be like really like energized and styled, but. Yeah. It's not a bunch of MTV guys doing it. It's some really good writers and artists doing it, so it lands beautifully. Um, like literally, I, I mean, I showed the pilot to to my friend Aaron, who was visiting. Next thing we know, we're seven episodes into the season, and he's like, okay, I need to go to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Uh, yeah, I, I will check that one out. I would definitely check that one out. Yeah. The one thing, the one, just to, to kind of close out my thought yeah. on the, is that I, we, 
I have a friend, Bill, who is like he's a Batman obsessive. Like yes, there yes. are we actually joke that he thinks he is Batman. He is. Um <laughs> and he was I mean we had to scrape him off the ceiling when he found out that the Twilight dude was going to be <laughs> Bruce Wayne. And the second the trailer landed, I sent it to him and he was he was happy with it. So he's not Bill is not an insufferable by any means. He's not one of these dudes that just it's gotta be dark and edge lordy and just skirting that R rating. Um for it to have any worth in this world. Mm-hmm. He just wants a good Batman movie. And yeah. he was happy with it. So at the end of the day, I think as long as that lands for him. Passes the build test. Passes the build test. Which, yeah. You know what? It'll really pass the build test if there's no shaky cam because Bill's got a tender tummy. Oh. <laughs> I, I, will, I will applaud a lack of shaky cam. I don't need shaky <laughs> cam and I don't need the movie to slow down to one-tenth speed. To show me just the the exact angle a punch is being thrown. Yeah, um, you mean, I, you mean uh, something like uh, Zack Snyder does all the time. Yes, yes, exactly like him. If I never see <laughs> ramping in a movie ever again, I, it will be too soon. People, people can give cinema sins all much all the shit they want, but he really makes a point when he observe when he asks how much shorter each Zack Snyder movie would be. If every if you didn't slow the movie down at any point, yeah, I think for three hundred he estimated forty five minutes shorter if you just stopped with the slow motion. And, and there's, I mean, he's got to be right about that. Like, it's yeah, he, he, I believe like, it. It's 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 crazy. Um, the last thing I want to say really quick about the Batman is uh, because of uh, things that I was seeing today on Twitter, as was inevitable, Jeffrey Wright is easily one of the best actors working today. Yes. Yeah. Without question. I, I won't deny that. He will be an amazing Commissioner Gordon. Absolutely. Um, and the, the argument I always put towards is, like, he, he made the character of Felix, I'm going to say Lightner, but I'm probably wrong, in the James Bond franchise... Yeah. He took yeah. a very bland, boring exposition spouting dude and made him somebody I couldn't get enough of. Yeah. So give him Commissioner Gordon is it's a blessing to all. It's a gift that we are all being given. No matter how I, this movie ends up being, he will be amazing. I don't doubt that one bit. He's also like absolutely one of the standouts for me on uh, Westworld. Yes. I still haven't gotten through all of season three yet because, damn, they're through, they they expect a lot of me. I I basically watched season two just to make sure that he kept getting work. Yes, because um, <laughs> I yeah I was season one was enough for me, and I still haven't seen season three. I I'm sure lots of really weird stuff happens, and they find random reasons for people to be naked. But I'm sure he's also great in it. So. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was the last thing I wanted to add because you know fucking dumbass racist people online bitching yep. about bitching about him not being making Gordon not white. Right. Well, uh, I remember all those like the, the, the like there was this evangelical church that got upset when Thor was released because Heimdall was not white. Oh yeah. People complain about that. You had your whole. You know, 
you had all the people attacking John Boyega because he was a black yeah. stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, the Michael B. Jordan as Human Torch. Like, if if you're racist, this is not a world to be a part of because they keep it interesting and they they don't stick with what you think they're going to. Yeah. That's just how comic book movies work. And a lot of the times now, they want to get the best. And the best doesn't always mean some white dude that looks right for the part. Yep. I mean, the the first instance of that... The first instance of that is up until we got the series, despite the movie being shit, Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin was one of the best superhero villains we had ever gotten. Oh, yeah. They... He was amazing, and it literally boiled down to, the director flat out said, every single big white guy that we inter- we auditioned sucked, so we opened our, you know, we broadened our horizons, he came in, killed it, we hired him. And, he, like, every other part of that movie, say what you will, but he was amazing. Yes, he was. So Well, it's Michael Clark Duncan. He was never not amazing. He was... Exactly. Yeah, he's still like he still gets some of my biggest laughs in uh, the whole nine yards. Despite going up against Bruce Willis and Matthew Perry, he still gets some of the biggest laughs for me. <laughs> Just yeah, he yeah, he is missed. He is missed yes. in a big way. Yes, he is. Um, but yes, now it is it is time to get to the. Uh, so like, uh, oh, I, the, main, I don't, the main course here. I I hope this isn't the main course because the elephant in the room. If this is the main course, just just leave me the appetizer menu. Um, <laughs> but it is time hey, to a, talk a about fine, a fine meal can be made of appetizers. I agree, and if this is the main meal, then th- that this proves it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh my God! Are you fucking happy now, you trolls? You got it. You got what you fucking wanted, and I hope it's awful. You're going to have to yeah. sit and watch it for four fucking hours. Yeah. It's... All right. And I had a conversation with somebody about this, and honestly, because my... I was watching this one on the TV, and my daughter was in the room. She's like, Daddy, you said this didn't exist. I'm like, no. A director's cut of Justice League does not exist. They threw $30 million at this. Yep. You don't throw that much money... To something that was already sitting in a safe somewhere, just waiting to be unearthed. This isn't the this isn't the Donner Club Superman two, where everything they just had to kind of maybe restore some of the footage and then edit it back in. This is a full special effects are going to be redone, um, but not that well because let's talk about Dark Side for a second. They nothing. Nothing in this looks that good. He he looks silly. Um, yeah. He looks like a PS3 graphic. The, and the fact that they show that first um, in the trailer, it, to me, is hilarious. Because it shows, like, we're not even trying to do any build-up. Right. He's literally, like, he... It, that is Zack Snyder knowing he doesn't have to do anything. The people that want to watch this are going to watch it. The people who might watch it aren't going to watch it because now it's four hours long and the people who didn't want and the people who didn't want to watch it we still don't want to watch it I'm fairly certain we'll only get like Dark Side for maybe 
two or three scenes. I mean, I, I, my, my guess would be Flash goes to the future, sees Darkseid, comes back and say, we got to stop, uh, you know, Steppenwolf now. Yeah. And that's pretty much all we get of Darkseid because yep. I, I, I genuinely, like what we've seen in the trailer, I think that's pretty much all we got. I find yeah. it hilarious that somebody pointed out that in this in this trailer there are several Whedon shot scenes in the trailer. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. Um it. I mean my whole my whole thing about the whole Snyder Cut thing anyway is that and uh, correct me if I'm wrong if there's some th- reason why Snyder will continue to get credit if more than 50% of his, of his shot movie didn't appear theatrically because going back to superman 2 richard donner's name was taken off the director's thing and uh, richard lester was put on as the director because he had shot i think 51 percent of the movie 55 percent of the finished film so he he's the one who gets the credit for it so i'm i'm confused of how that works Again, if you're if you're comparing the quote unquote Whedon cut to the Snyder cut, well, and there's well, there's part of your thirty million right there is making sure that there is enough extra footage shot and added. I mean, we're literally yeah. having to make this four hours long at thirty million extra dollars to go on a streaming platform just to make sure that they're not violating Directors Guild rules by calling it the Zack Snyder cut. Well, I, I don't know. It's- does the Directors Guild still, like, do those rules still apply if it's for a streaming service only? I mean, or does oh, it have you to... you bet your ass yeah. they do any type of filmed, any type of filmed media, be it okay. TV, be it, yeah, because it's not, the, the DGA isn't just for film. It's for film. It's for TV. It's for, it's for a number of different things. Um, the direct... Hence why Brian Singer got director's credit for Bohemian Rhapsody, even though he was barely there he bar- he was barely there the parts that people praised the most about the movie were directed by dexter fletcher who basically went over and did it as a favor while he was directing rocket man which was an infinitely superior movie to bohemian rhapsody in a million ways if not for bohemian rhapsody rocket man would have gotten a lot of awards at the oscars including taron edgerton would have beaten out Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. I 100% Absolutely. believe that. Absolutely. I do not doubt that one bit. It was it was a masterclass performance by somebody who broke onto the scene as being an over-the-top action star. Yeah. Um, and just showed how amazing he You're was. You're not wrong. Um, this, I mean, literally, all I see in this trailer for, for, this, for this cut of the film is... It, it's not orange, and we put in two more villains, one of whom I legitimately thought was just an alternate costume design for Steppenwolf. That's how little different he looks from Steppenwolf. Well, wow. are, are you talking about the, the, the version of Steppenwolf that was all chrome? Well, no, they have the guy who has, like, the chain mail, and that's, like, a third guy, apparently. Oh. I thought that was an alternate costume for Steppenwolf, but no, apparently that's a third guy. So, no orange, and a couple extra villains. Oh, and spoiling the death of one of my favorite sci-fi actors, 
Joe so Martin deserves so much more. Yeah, everything he's, he's such a great actor. everything he's in, he deserves more. Even Eureka, which used him so well, he still deserves uh, more. I've been binge watching Eureka lately, and uh, yeah, I, I love Joe Martin so much in this in this show. Yeah, yes. you have mentioned that to me today, Mike. Yeah, but I I, I kind of feel like his inclusion in any of the extra scenes is just so we can get a little bit of a backstory. On Ray Fisher, Cyborg, um, but that's not going to make Cyborg any more interesting of a character, nor is it going to make that suit look any better, because that suit looked terrible in the the Whedon cut. I don't see what they're going to do to make it look any better in the uh, the, the Snyder cut. It looked terrible before Whedon got involved in any capacity. Until it it got smoothed out at the very, very end, I thought it looked terrible. There's just... There, there's nothing they can really do to this movie besides turning it into an, a completely altogether different movie and even then that is going to make it better it'll make it different but it doesn't right. mean they'll make it better and the thing the thing that I really want to see and if it turned out because I do believe everything Ray Fisher has said and that Joss Whedon was a complete an utter disgusting asshole on set. Um, if it wasn't for that, and I was Whedon, I would literally, when the Snyder Cut came out, I would go, this was my scene, this was my scene, this was my scene, this was my scene. You guys have to own these now. And, oh, look, this scene that you guys bitched about when it came out theatrically, guess what? I didn't make it. It was a Zack scene. You have to own... Because that's the thing that these guys don't realize. Anything that they bitched about in the theatrical cut. If it is still in this version, they yeah. have to own it. They have to own it as a flaw, as part of what makes this movie as bad as they said the theatrical cut was. I, I think the biggest, I mean, biggest problem with, um, you know, giving them the Zack Snyder cut is the fact that they're now getting the Zack Snyder cut. I mean, uh, the tra- I mean, trailer. The trailer for Zack Snyder's movies have never been the problem with Zack Snyder's movies. Zack Snyder's movies have been the problem with Zack Snyder's movies. <laughs> yes. I mean, he, he just he, like they look. They visually look fantastic, but he, like the characters, they go from point A to point B not because they, as a character, they should go in that direction. They go from point A to point B because Zack Snyder wants them to go from point A to point B, yep. no matter what they actually logically should be doing. I mean, it's just, there's so much wrong with his movies that giving him four hours of the Justice League is not going to make it a better movie. He's going to make it a Zack Snyder movie, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what exactly exactly what they're getting. Twice as long as the regular Zack Snyder movie, too. This, yeah. this is going to be four hours of A-list actors and Ezra Miller. Um, doing doing an interpretive dance of Zack Snyder masturbating. <laughs> That's what this is. And Play they're handsome. hoping that that gets 2 million subscribers at $15 a piece yep. to cover the cost. Right. Yeah. And but the thing, he, but and, here's the other thing with this too, uh, just to point this out, that what's going to end up happening, especially at a four-hour cut, is that you are going to see a lot of stuff that should have rightfully be left on the cutting room floor. Yep. Scenes of people walking upstairs, 
walking down hallways, hanging out in doorways, having a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be shocked one bit if so, if people are sitting in a restaurant and you actually watch them eat food. Yep. Yep. Because it's just I, I don't unless they're using every scrap of film that had that they could attach you know ADR sound to. I I. Uh, there's there's a number of reasons why this movie upset the existence of this thing upsets me so much. The precedence that this is going to set that if you don't like something, if the fans whine hard enough, you'll get its you'll get its alternate. Well, and it's already I mean, it's already set a precedent because now you have David Ayer, who quite frankly is verbally abusive to anybody who does not think that he is amazing. You already have him joining up with a group of people that are demanding the air cut of Super Suicide Squad and him verbally attacking anybody who's like, no, nah, I don't really want that. Yeah. We're already see like we're already seeing this happen. And I mean, fortunately there's also the, you know, the comedic versions of like, you know, people jokingly demanding the butthole cut of cats. Yeah. Um <laughs> And things so like I would that, honestly, but... at this rate, I would rather take a butthole cut of Justice League <laughs> than I would the Snyder cut. Oh, actually, have you seen the uh, hashtag uh, mustache mustache cut? I have. Oh, Justice League. Yeah. Yes, I that I want. That I want because that man funny. can rock a mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can. My wife. It's funny because my wife really loves Henry Cavill, and. I showed her that opening scene, the first scene in Warner Brothers' major holiday tent pole. And she looked at it and she's like, no, show me the real thing. <laughs> I. What kills. He was so handsome. What happened? What kills. Well, and the thing that I think is hilarious is that. Um, I can't remember if it was. If it's Robert Pattinson in The Batman or. Some other mo- some movie is doing reshoots. The actor's hair is longer, so they brilliantly dyed the extra hair green, so they can just digitally uh, remove it. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's like, oh, who, yeah. Why, why did nobody think to do that? <laughs> like, did we not <laughs> think of dyeing his mustache green so we could just make it disappear? Like. But you know I, what? You had, they probably had somebody on set who was amazing with MSP. <laughs> <laughs> I I still think it speaks miles and miles about um, about Zack Snyder's interpretation of Superman and and DC films. That if you go online and you want to see people make a big reaction to something Henry Cavill does in a movie, the biggest one you will find is him cocking his arms in the Mission Impossible trailer. That moment yes. in the bathroom where he's like cock, cocks his arms down to, be, to get ready to fight. That like You watch reaction mashups to that trailer versus like Batman v Superman or Justice League or anything like that, and it's no contest. I got a I got an interesting thing about that. By the way, next when you watch that again at some point, look very carefully at his shirt because as he is cocking 
his 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 dukes. He's putting up his dukes. A breast pocket appears on his shirt. Ooh. Oh, I'll be looking at that. Yeah. It's it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. So mm. Did did you or your wife notice the him magically having different shirt over his chest? Uh, no, no, I. Because that would I be only the... showed her one bit from Justice League because she won't sit and watch these with me anymore. So, because that's the that's the sort of thing that my wife would immediately notice, and I'd stare at her and go, "Why were you looking at that?" <laughs> and she would she would look at me and just shrug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The last superhero movie my wife watched with me was uh, Black Panther, and that's I think only because we went to the special cool theater. See, last well, didn't one. She, last didn't one she join us for uh, uh, Endgame? No, she didn't. My daughter did. Oh, right, yeah. Which is okay because my daughter's roughly the same height as my wife now, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last superhero movie I saw with my wife was Deadpool. So, oh, okay. <laughs> it's been, it's been a bit. Before yeah. that, it was the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So, <laughs> after being in the theater with everyone staring at us while I laughed hysterically at the Howard the Duck cameo, she pretty much swore <laughs> off of going into theaters with me. Gross. Um. Yeah. So I I mean I have a couple. I have I know this is kind of a controversial thought. Um, and I've seen differing people with different opinions on that, but I just, my personal end of the day, bottom line opinion is fuck the self-serving, self-important song choice in that trailer. Oh my God. He has got to stop making Leonard Cohen's hallelujah happen. Well, and that's the thing is that like I kept seeing, and I didn't want to say anything cause I didn't want to be out there picking fights with people on Twitter, but I kept seeing people be like, He's using it because it's his dead daughter's favorite song, and I ca- and, and my response immediately every single time in my head is, you know, he used it in a sex scene, right? <laughs> Justify what you said with what he did. Go. Yeah. They, I will pull up. I, I have the Blu-ray. I will pull up that scene, like, Watchmen. For I will, you. I will make you stare. At Malin Ackerman's silhouetted breasts, <laughs> and tell me about how he put this song in because of how much it meant to his daughter, <laughs> while staring at that. But um, I saw, like, even Alex Winter of Bill and Ted fame mentioned something about that song, and he was harassed mercilessly. I don't doubt it. To the point where he actually pulled the post on Twitter. Uh, but there was another thing that happened. I mentioned this. I really like leading up when we first started with this over the weekend that I think it was um, I think it's a film blogger Scott Mendelson had mentioned something about the Snyder Cut yeah I, th- I think he was he was reviewing the trailer that got leaked yeah and he he was just like it was okay and and Zack Snyder actually responded to him you know in a, in a test you know because it was it mm-hmm. was a pirated trailer and just said Listen, this movie is for adults. And it's, you know, it's just like, okay, dude, the movie about the vigilante bat boy and the alien that you raised from the dead in a, in a Christ-like thing, that is, that's, that's some, your adult movie? That's your grown-up movie? Yeah. 
Um, mm. Yeah, I was, and I was going to mention that. Like, Zack Snyder has done two things um, over the course of this, like, weekend slash week, or during this stretch of time since the Zack Snyder cut has been official. He's done two things that have really pissed me off. One, he made the announcement on Grace Randolph giving her a false sense of importance. Oh, fuck her. Um, people really need to stop, like, even quote-tweeting what she says. We all just need to ignore her, not give her any views, any... And hope she just goes anything. away. Well, I don't care if she goes away. But I, I, want, I want... I want her to go away. I want her to go away, too. But more importantly, I want her to see viewership go away. I want her to see sponsorship go away. Let her start to see that her toxic fan attack approach to quote-unquote reporting on the film industry is disgusting. Um, but Zack Snyder gave her a voice, and for that, I really am angry at him for. Because yeah. it made her think that she was going to be... that. It gave her the attitude this whole weekend that she was the, the most qualified person to be talking about anything coming out of there. Um, she just had an arrogance to her that was exhausting beyond her normal amount. Um, Which is already excessive. Yes. Right. And um, considering the Snyder fans to begin with, yes. it's it really, I mean, it's just like peas and carrots. Yeah. Yeah. And that and what you mentioned was the other thing that really pissed me off this weekend. The fact that Zack Snyder, regardless of whether this guy was in the right or wrong, which to be clear, it was not the most pre professional approach that he could have made as a, a given his title. Yeah. Given that it was a leaked trailer. It absolutely was not the most professional approach that he could have taken to it. That being said, to during the time period that you should be supporting and, and encouraging other people to support James Gunn's Suicide Squad panel, which I believe is when this took place, but regardless, it happened while other panels were going on, he chose to sick his fans on this guy and encourage yeah. them to attack him through the way that he tweeted at him. Basically trying to get the attention diverted from other DC projects and focused on his. Right. Clearly, The one that won't make its money back. Clearly, Zack Snyder viewed this weekend as being about him. It is very... Like, the fact that he did that, I just find unforgivable. When you know you have toxic fans and you encourage and in and in this case instigate the behavior, you lose me permanently. <laughs> it's why it's why, quite frankly, Lady Gaga to me can go fuck herself. <laughs> because she she shrugs and looks the other way while her fans have fat shamed people. Right. Like celebrities and all sorts of that. Like you know, and I, I'll leave it at that as my, my only other example. But um, but the, the fact that he behaved so abhorrently, it just, like, because I, I felt for him when he had to drop, 
when he had to leave the production of this film originally to deal with the death of his daughter. Yeah. I felt for him because it's the it's that line from from Lord of the Rings, no parent should have to bury their child. You know, it's like that it is a universal truth that everyone should be able to agree with. Um, yeah. But then f- the fact that since pretty much since Shazam came out and and like gave the warning to Zack Snyder fan base that DC was going to start having fun <laughs> and not taking themselves too seriously cuz that it was around that movie that he and the fan base really started revving their engines on this release this time. It's when they started getting their most aggressive. Right, right. And it's basically ever since he saw D, he saw DC taking what he thinks is his in a direction he didn't want it. So he un, so he started sicking the fan base by like, you know, here's a little photo here. Here's a little like acting like they Warner Brothers had this movie and wouldn't give it to him or wouldn't this or wouldn't that. And it's like right. contractually, if he was legally, like, first of all, it's their property. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a hi- he is a hired hand. Nothing is his. Nothing. Yeah. Of the, like nothing belongs to him. And that, like that, is the men's mindset that has to go away. And so it just the DC fandom to me, it showed. All these other groups, all these other people being super supportive of each other and, like, being excited about stuff and trying to get jazzed about stuff and finding ways to have fun with things and then racist bitching about Jeffrey Wright and Zack Snyder and his fan base bullying people. Right. While he basically congratulated himself. And yeah, almost like it's a James Cameron. It's almost like it's a James Cameron film. Yep. Or yep. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> brother. Oh me. Oh me, brother. Oh me. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like. Yeah. I mean, and uh, the the big the big last thing I want to ask you guys before we wrap up here is, do you think this approach? as like an alternate comic con do you guys view this as something that worked and should be continued in the future or do you think this was you know fine for the time but we really need to get back to the norm or do you guys think that this just overall didn't work i i kind of feel like it worked to a point i don't want to see this be how cons go i think what they should do is make a lot of the panels more um, more open to people, especially people who can't get out to like mm-hmm. San, you know to San Diego for Comic Con, yeah. or you know even for like D, something like D twenty three. I think that the panels should be be able to be streamed in a way where it's not just exclusive to the people who got there early. Um, but there is a community in just being present and being able to dress up and being able to do all the shopping and all the other nonsense that goes along with, with all of these <coughs> conventions. Oh, it, it's fun nonsense, Mike. Yes, yes, it is fun nonsense. I have participated in 
Yes, exactly. And brought me back stuff from. So I, I'm not yes. complaining. Um, but I do feel, though, that there, there has to it still needs to be that physical aspect. It should never go away. But for some of the big stuff, there's no there's no excuse for that to only exist in um, in the guise of leaked footage after the fact. Yeah. So that I mean, that's my thought. I really I, I feel like they can do that, even if they just charge like if you want to be on this panel, normally the ticket to get in is 50 bucks, five bucks per panel. You know, you can buy a pack of like four panels you can sit on. You won't be able to participate, but you'll be able to watch it. Yeah. And you'll be able to, you know, see the trailer and get excited if you can't make it out there. To make it more inclusive for the people like me who have a mortgage and a family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of us cannot realistically go to Comic-Con. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. It, Trust it, me, it, I've, I've tried to go to Comic-Con. I've been there once, I've tried to again, and it is near impossible to get a ticket in there. Yeah. Because they, they give uh, priority to everyone who we came went the year before. So they all go in first, and then everyone else gets the scraps. Well, and I think this is where um, people like us, uh, for lack of a nicer way to put it, are to blame. Um, in the sense that you, you've got more people that are doing podcasts, uh, YouTube channel shows, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that cover the things that go on at Comic-Con. Uh, so they get themselves a press, a press badge or like, you know, like might not be a full-fledged press badge, but they, they find ways to use what they're doing as a way to get themselves in and it uh, limits the amount that people that just want to go can go. Right. Um, I, I absolutely agree. The energy of the panelists, unless the, unless it was something like the cast of Wonder Woman being surprised by uh, Linda Carter showing up, um, with the exception of things like that happening, the energy was lower than at a normal Comic-Con panel. Yeah. Because they didn't have that audience energy to feed off of. Anything that anyone... Um, like Andy or myself can tell you that you know, doing a live show with a live audience, you know, there's energy in that. Absolutely. The transfers. Think about, go back to last year. Go back to the announcement of Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. The second Natalie Portman came out on that stage, the place erupted. Can you, can you imagine poor Kevin Feige trying to do what DC did? He lives off of that energy of the people around him. Not in a, like, succubus kind of way, but in a, like, shared enthusiasm and passion way. He's you a know? fan. He, he is. He's an absolute fan of, of the media. I don't even feel like Zack Snyder is a fan no. of the books. He obviously doesn't understand Superman or Batman. I don't, but, think, I don't think he is either. Um, but I was listening to um, the, the, the early Patreon release of verbal dioramas x-men i didn't realize that he was a production assistant he yep. was like lauren schuller donna's donner's assistant yep. and he was he was there to help remind people who had what power yeah, yeah. so yeah he he get he gets it and well, I mean, just just go back and rewatch that uh that uh, MCU announcement at the El Capitan Theater. Oh my goodness! The Phase I mean, Three press conference. 
Yep. He's describing all the comics, all the, all the characters from the comics in details that you know only a comic book fan would know. Well, and right. he's just so giddy. Yeah. Like, and you know, the the moment where he gets to pretend, right? The, you know, where he gets to pretend that he's disappointed in the Captain America title, so they can reveal Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just. That's yeah. If you've never seen that, go on YouTube, watch it. It's got it's it's as much fun to watch as a Marvel movie itself. Um, <laughs> for in the case of a couple of the Marvel movies, admittedly more, but um, but yeah. But we're not here to talk about Iron Man two. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I I think this. I think you're right. I think uh, an online presence, and you can do. You can do any sort of like tier level things of being like, hey, for ten bucks you get to watch it. For you right. know, fifteen, twenty bucks, you get to watch it and when they show the exclusive footage, your feed isn't gonna go dark. Right. Um, yeah. so you actually get to watch what they're watching in the in Hall H. You know, for twenty five bucks, we're gonna have a section where we're going to be answering online fan questions like we do the Q and A with the people that are there, and you will get to ask one of those questions. You know, we're doing a limit of 10 to that or something like that, you know? Yeah. And this is money that ne- normally wouldn't have existed to begin with, with a level of uh, financial requirement that's almost non-existent. Outside right. of paying, like, the, two people to make it all yeah. happen. So... The, th- the only problem I can see with that, though, is that, you know, as someone that's been to D23 and has been in those big, huge halls... The security is insane. I mean, they walk up and down the aisles with these special, like, um, v- like viewers that they can, if they see a flash of a, like a lens, then you're out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they let people like, just view this on their on their computer, you'll have, have people recording it on their phone and then posting it on the internet like ten seconds later. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of logistical problems. With something I, I can, I see. I think that there are options for that, but it's just it, there are going to be issues that they need to resolve. Yeah, mm. but I think, that, I, and it's just it, we're, we're we're forecasting out to what twenty twenty one might look like. Yeah, and I think honestly, but, I think I think it, I think it's just time for Comic Con to be less, for for lack of a nicer way to put it, elitist. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's time for that era to end. You know, yes, you want to keep some stuff secret. Yes, you want to announce some big stuff at, at Comic-Con. But we also need to remember that Comic-Con is, you know... We have... Um, the, the comic industry is where it is now, not because of Marvel or DC, but because comic conventions let Jeff Smith show the world bone. Let Todd McFarlane have an affordable way to push his brand out there um yeah. you know that's that's an important part of these conventions uh, arguably more so than the these big movie studios pushing their their franchises yeah. and the thing is is that mo- more and more of them are constantly choosing just to not go um because it's probably well, getting more and more expensive yeah. yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with that. It's... I will say one thing about Marvel this year. I think Marvel's doing a really good thing, but as far as I'm aware, they are holding off. They're not announcing anything because they've got a full 
you know, larder of movies just waiting for society to open back up again. Yeah. And instead of like what, what fandom did, which is just this bukkake of it might come out, it might not come out. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. You know, they're, they're also, and they're also allowing any of the MCU fatigue that is just so tiresome on social media to kind of subside a little bit. So when, Black Widow eventually comes out, or when Eternals finally comes out, mm-hmm. now we're hyped and we're ready, and we're ready to go back and have this amazing, epic experience like we had before. Well, and that's what people aren't realizing that's so smart. Like, people keep bitching, you know, why, you know, we've got all this free time, give us an Eternals trailer. Well, if they start spending money on making trailers for movies they don't have release dates for, then, yeah, you're going to see more movies doing the Mulan thing. Yeah. Because they're going to hit a point where they can't make that money back. That's why, you know, that's why I think that if they can't get Wonder Woman out by the end of the year, it's going to end up on HBO Max because they're going to get to a point where they go, we keep marketing and putting money into this film. We've got the toys out that, you know, we, you know, the big final battle between Wonder Woman and Cheetah at this weird, like, side of a mountain door and satellite <laughs> thing we've known it exists why because you when you go to walmart or target they've got the lego set for it since june you know that sequence came up in the trailer and i recognized it from the lego set <laughs> so Not lie, though, i would love to see an eternal trailer yeah, I completely understand what Tom is saying here. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do too, but I'm desperate for that movie. Yeah, right. I, oh, I very much so, very much so. But we'll, you know, I think that, I think also the fact that we're not hearing anything about Black Widow bodes well for the fact we won't, I don't think we're going to see that on Disney+. Plus. I agree. I think yeah, it's gonna, I they're going to so hold either. off until first quarter of next year, uh, if not Christmas. Um, and I think that, that that's a twofold thing. They dumped a lot of mo- money into this. They want Scarlett Johansson to have that moment. Yeah. They yeah. want her to finally get that moment. And thirdly, I don't think they want to give DC and Warner Brothers the satisfaction. I agree. And that is because that is huge. It's almost like I could I could just open up Twitter and see people, you know, laughing at Kathleen Kennedy for failing to get the Mandalorian to go to theaters and automatically had to go on their streaming service. Mm-hmm. How many how many viewers did that bring up for the streaming service right there? Yeah, yeah I know oh. that, but I'm making the joke that yeah. it was, it's 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 John Favreau's when it's good, it's Kathleen Kennedy's when it's bad. Yeah. So we'll see. But that's that's my two cents. I yeah, I've got I've got plenty of sense about Kathleen Kennedy, though I'll I'll just <laughs> I'll I'll leave in the bin for, for another day. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think like a lot of media, we are seeing a change uh, because of COVID. Hopefully not for, like, I'm worried about late night talk shows. I'm worried there's going to be a lot of people about to lose their jobs because networks have seen what is and isn't needed. Yeah. I'm hoping that they're seeing that there's at least three or four late night talk show hosts that aren't needed. Um, that they can get rid of, but that's besides the point. Um, but I think there's a lot of jobs at risk right now, unfortunately. And I hope it's not in the same vein for the the festival market, but it is a risk. Yeah, it is. 
yeah, I, uh, I, I think, I think some things will go back to normal, um, and and hopefully movie theaters, uh, and and certain aspects of the film industry remain the same. But uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a time will tell sort of thing. Um, hopefully, it won't be too much more time. Um, yeah. A lot. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of that depends on things that. I'm making the choice not to talk about on this show. Exactly. Um, Let's just keep the entertainment factor going here. Yes. Yes. But, um... Boobs. Butts. (laughs) Comics. There we go. (laughs) But yeah, that is, uh... Speaking of boobs, that was DC's fandom. Um... (laughs) Take that comment however you will. Take it for... (laughs) Take it for, like, an old, like, Abrams, Zucker Abrams joke, or take it as an insult, however you want to. Um, that was but, a good joke, though. Hmm? That was a good joke. Oh, thank you. <laughs> every every now and then I land one. It's, it's always it's always exciting, especially when sexual other assault hear it. with a concrete dildo. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I look, yeah. I'm gonna think about her. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. I saw somebody somebody as a as a super quick tangent, somebody made a fake box art for a criterion collection for Naked Gun. Make that happen. Oh, no. Um <laughs> That has to happen. Um but hey Airplane first. True, true, you're right. Airplane first, then we can get to then we can get the Naked Gun movies. Then if we still have time we could even debate going back to Kentucky Fried. Uh, <laughs> But again, debate yeah. after Naked Gun Trilogy. Um, so, guys, um, thank you so much once again for, for coming on the show yet again to talk about stuff. Um, why don't you tell all the, the good folks at home where they can find you guys? All right. We are available wherever you get your podcasts from. So Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Uh, you can also get the full archive at our website, geeksalad.podbean.com. Um, on the social medias, we are most active on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio, but we're also on Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast. And we also have our own merch store at Tee Public. You can uh, find us there by going to teepublic.com and entering in the keyword Geek Salad Podcast, and you can find our lovely Funko Wise face on stuff like the mug that Tom owns. It is. It is... It is a fantastic mug. It um, is a quality mug. It is my every other day coffee mug now. I, I do not have a dishwasher, so I cannot comment on how it will survive if you put it on dishwasher. It. I have a brand new dishwasher that runs in very high heat, and it works wonderfully. Excellent, excellent. Yes, it is It is a go-to mug for me as well. Yes, awesome. But yes, that that is us. <laughs> yes, what he said. <laughs> Uh, well, and uh, with us, as always, uh, you can find the show basically wherever you're listening to it right now. How easy was that? Um, I never get when people promote where you can listen to their podcasts on their podcast. Um, I've been doing it for 198 episodes, Tom. It's okay. I start. I started doing it, and then one day I just went, wait, they're listening. They got there. They made it. <laughs> um, but you can... Uh, you know, you can you can talk to to me usually just me on uh, on Twitter at Movies Work is the handle uh, where you can hear you can see me ranting and raving about all the latest things going on in the world of film and television, and sometimes I'll 
go back to some old stuff just for fun. Um, <laughs> so if you want to talk to me on there, if you want to tell me something that is a little longer or a little more profane outside of Twitter's rules, you can email me at moviesafterwork at gmail.com. Uh, we unfortunately do not have merchandise because even Funkoized, my face scares people. So, <laughs> uh, but again, thank, uh, guys, thank you so so much for for oh, coming so on for talking us. about this. Always great to be here. Um, oh yeah, so much, always so much fun talking to you guys. I uh, can't wait to can't wait can't wait to uh, hear you guys do some do some drunk history style uh, talking on on your upcoming episode. It's gonna be fucking majestic. Um, I I cannot wait for that, and I'm yeah. I'm excited. I know I know you guys. I won't say anything because I'm not sure how under the wraps it is. But I know you guys have have told me little hints about what potentially is coming up when you guys hit the big 200, uh, and I'm very yes. excited for that. So yes, and we will we will have you as a as a uh, as part of that. I Join will, the celebration. I, I am always happy to come celebrate anything with you guys. Um, that, awesome. And that, I, we look forward to coming back when these uh, all these movies and, and stuff come out so we can tell you we told you so. <laughs> yes, it's, I, I, feel, I keep thinking that at some point I need to have you guys on or, or some, you know, somebody on to you know, find something to complain about with Marvel just to kind of balance the scales, but Alex won't watch Howard the Duck, so uh, I don't. I don't know where to go from there. Um, Daredevil. Uh, hey, see, hey, I, I, go, I paid movie money to see Fan Four Stick. But see, going after Fox, it it doesn't count to the people that are like, oh, you pick on DC, you love Marvel. Like going after yeah. Fox, it doesn't. It, I mean, it, picking on Fox, it's, you know, you're picking on the little brother that. You're you know. picking on the third child that's destined for the clergy. You're picking on you're picking on the child who doesn't know how to belt work, so his pants are constantly around his ankles. It's <laughs> that's what picking on Fox is. Um, he's, on, he's on Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> and and the Deadpool movies are when he you know he decides to be on on the joke. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys again. Um, yeah, everyone, make sure you're checking out their stuff. Make sure you're uh, following them on Twitter. Subscribe to them on YouTube. Following them on uh, any of your podcast platforms that you listen to them on. Uh, the same as you are with us. So, and rate us on iTunes. Keep forgetting yes, to mention that. Yes, do the ratings. I Yes, and um, do, do the same with us. I occasionally remember to go over and look at that. Um, if you're going to rate us five stars, thank you so much. If you're not going to rate us five stars... Uh, and rate us one star like somebody did. Please let me know why. I want to see if you can come up with something I haven't yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's really the main goal in that for me. Um, but yeah, this is uh, I am Thomas, as I have always been and will be for movies after work. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Stay sane, and enjoy your work. Bye bye. Later.